Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hi. And today we're joined by Matt Roberts. And Matt is someone I met, we think it's three or four years ago. I don't think we've really narrowed it down. It's four years ago. And I've got to know Matt, I've had the privilege to get to know Matt quite a bit in the last few months, and it's been really lovely to do so, Matt. And I've been wanting you to come on as a guest for this and just finding the right time and everything to make that happen. Now, one question, as I know you listen to the podcast, one question that you might have heard us ask a few guests is the question, for someone who'd never heard of you before, how do you introduce yourself to them? Well, um, I'll start with human, dad, um, coach, former athletes. Um, yeah, I, I could, I could, I could list lots, lots more, um, <laughs> lots more labels. Um, what comes to me is, um, somewhat of a <laughs> reformed, reformed character, but I'm, I'm not quite sure <laughs> reformed from what. That would be intriguing to know. Reformed from what? Mm. Um, reformed from me in many respects, I think. I, I almost feel like my life is starting to have a kind of before and after. Almost like a slight line in the sand because as a, you know, as a former international high jumper, um, so something that dominated my life hugely. I trained five days a week for 15 years, trained alongside Olympic medalists. So, you know, really the highest level. So my life was about me, really about me all the time. And that's quite tiring. I'm not sure I realized it, but, um, yeah, and then I would I would say six weeks six weeks uh, before we met, in fact, I became a dad, um, and I'd retired that year from athletics. So that's the start of my real kind of like turning point, the kind of um, my reform in um, yeah the emphasis of my life being from myself onto other people. Yeah, it's funny. I wrote this recently. I'm just finishing up my website and I didn't realize what was on offer. Mm. You know, it's the, it, I think retiring from athletics is a big thing because it's, 
it just don't you know everything that you do is shaped by that you know when you go to sleep what you eat when you eat your whole routine you know it's all mapped out so all of your time um it's quite restrictive in many ways and it's hard to imagine you know what's going to be on the other side or what good i guess and um yeah ironically it's the best thing that in many ways that could have happened now i'm pretty sure it doesn't take becoming a father for that to happen although clearly there were a few things in your life and that that did change dramatically so high jumping gone not being a dad gone being a dad arriving being a non-athlete non-competitive athlete arriving what else changed well i think so obviously we, we met the pranskis and that was the start of a real change in my my understanding of three principles you know this inside out understanding but it probably wasn't until I, I it wasn't until i started coaching that everything changed dramatically and in a very relatively very short space of time yeah so i look at the last year and a half and it's yeah it, it blows me away to be honest just that I, I didn't realize how much how much more was there how much more is on offer by by helping other people it's been such such a huge gift which i guess kind of just reciprocates and the more that uh, the more i think the more impact i find that i'm having that works for me as well so we've heard a bit about the before and and the now the line that you said i don't know if you remember you know what you saw about life what insight that you had a realization that you had that made that shift sometimes it's um in my mind in my own experience sometimes it's i'm not even sure but things are different. But I don't know if you're able to reflect back on what was it that you realized that made that change happen. The inside, not not athletics or father fatherhood related. Well, I had I had one sort of my first kind of major insight um, at the Pranskis, and for me it was even now trying to kind of put words to it is difficult and doesn't necessarily do it justice but i think for the first time i genuinely saw that we're all the same which really kind of like uncovered like i didn't believe that or i didn't i didn't truly didn't see that to be true and i think the impact that had on then kind of my relationship to my own mind my own thinking was quite impactful 
but I, it was only about a year ago I had a, I had another insight which that really was really quite quite powerful in, in which was around goals and my kind of long long habitual um, nature of imagining futures and um, I've described in the past as being a recovering future holic and um, I was yeah for many years kind of obsessed with where I was going to get to the next goal and and it just suddenly dawned dawned on me you know after kind of like 15 20 years of doing this that it wasn't you know all this time I was thinking oh this is what ambitious people do and it just dawned on me that the feeling I was experiencing when imagining this was actually not particularly nice it was almost like a low level anxiety and I mean and that that floored me in the in the most simple and obvious ways in as if you know, you realized that you were putting your hand on the hob. Mm -hmm. I just dropped it. When we were chatting before we started to record, we talked about maybe some things that might be neat to explore. And one of those things was space. And when you were talking about space, you were talking about, I think in reference to listening to the podcast and the space that's kind of created in that feeling. But also you talked about how, when you're working with athletes about that space, how does that space show up when you are working with athletes? You talked about it as like, it's similar to that feeling of walking in nature. It's that kind of space. Hmm. I'm gonna try and pull down multiple things that are flying around my head. You know, one of which is, you know, the, the inevitable conversation that I have with a lot of my clients being athletes is, is listening to their, their stories of their experience of performing at their best. And it's, it's so powerful. And I, I, I never get tired of hearing it. And it's, it's like hearing the same story, but looked at from multiple different positions interpreted in a different way you know it's what I guess it's so well known or I'd understand it as flow state a space you know this mind this space where I guess there is really an absence of our personal mind and for me, I guess I see that as that's the source of our wisdom, our creativity, you know, however you want to describe it, really. It just, yeah. 
kind of sort of piggybacking on your sort of previous question, you know, ask about my insights. It, I, I trained as an artist. Um, and so I spent, I spent three, four years sat in a studio, a couple of hours contact time a week. So I had a lot of time, a lot of space to create anything. And I had this realization last year and it was just so funny because when it came to creativity, it was so obvious to me that if I didn't have the answer, I didn't need to run after it. I, I almost create a vessel and I just, I just wait. Something will come along and it's like, a, you know, pick it up. Is that any good? No. But, and as soon as I have the right answer, I know. And I, and when it came to art or creativity, design, stuff like that, just infinitely reliable. I knew it would always turn up. But when it came to the rest of my life, <laughs> 20, you know, 15, 20 years or whatever, I didn't think it applied. And I see it clearer than ever now that, yeah, it's just, that was me giving it a name. And it works whether it's sport, art, business, relationships. There's a question that I would have if I were an athlete and you were coaching me and you were talking to me about flow state. And I'm pretty sure I could give my idea about what that would be. But here's where I might get, I don't know, caught up in the relationship between flow state and results. Real world, physical results. Mm. I don't know what, what you see about that or you've witnessed in real time with your clients about that. I'd love to hear. Can you expand on the difficulty between the two? Well... I would find it difficult to, because I see the absolute link between the two. But I know people who don't. I know people who would say, well, that sounds great, Wynn, but what about the real world? I got to get stuff done. I got to jump higher, run faster, throw further. And, and this, is the, this is the difficulty of sport. This is the compelling nature of our experience. Yeah, it, it hoodwinked me a million times. You know, I'd be stood on the hydrum D and I'd be fine. You know, the bar, an inanimate object, moves up a couple of centimetres and suddenly I'm nervous, I'm tense, I'm trying too hard. Yeah, does a good job. But everybody has an exception to the rule. You know, that even if it's just the one, the one moment. And for me, I could, you know, I could probably in 15 years, I could probably count maybe 15 times, but they're seared into my memory in as experiences that were just unlike anything else. And there was no, 
awareness or what or thought of the result it was i didn't even i'm not sure i was even it just wasn't it's not that i wasn't bothered it just it wasn't there about am i going to do well am i going to clear this but the output blows me away and and i think so this this is what i always kind of come back to because i think it's so it's so easy as as humans uh, as athletes to exclude the 1% or the 0.1%. You know, a, a client I spoke to the other day and I think has done their best three or four years ago. So there's, there's so much experience, so much data, which seems to kind of confirm a certain view in that time. Their experience three or four years ago, they not, I think it was three quarters of a second off, which, you know, when you, you, your best is around 50 seconds, that's outrageous. So, how is that possible? How would you answer that? I don't know. And that, that's exactly where I, I want to be. And it's exactly where I want my clients to be. To not know, to see that they do not know. Because that's where we create space. Because any, any idea of... <laughs> you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm capable of this. No, yeah, no matter how educated the guess, it's a guess. So we might as well put that in the pile of bullshit, basically. Maybe it's the creative storyteller that just starts automatically after experience and then it needs to tell the story of that, the best, you know, performance. And it just immediately, this creativity shows up and the story begins and it looks really real. It looks so real. We're so good at it. When we see the story, Sometimes I think, at least for me, it's just noticing the story, how good it is. It's so full of detail and importance and meaning, but noticing it sometimes just drops me back into the space of not knowing anymore. I was reading a book actually a couple days ago about that flow state for people who exercise or for athletes and for people that are very used to finding that flow state through sport or through exercise of some kind 
It's so easy to think that that's why they're in that space. They think it's about the sport or the exercise. It's very easy, I think, to think that that's why. But the author was talking about how it's the simple act of falling out, like like what you said of your personal thought. That flow state's just there. We just think it has to do with the exercise or the the sport, the athletics of some kind. But really, that state's there, just waiting to show up when we drop out. I mean, it's 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 pretty logical, though. To, you know, if you think that extraordinary things are done from that space, so it so it in itself must be extraordinary, and yet it couldn't be further from the truth. And like, yeah, I guess all we have is spotting when we're not there. Or noticing, like, for you as an artist, oh, I don't even make up stories in this space. I just know. Mm. But over here, man, I got some good ones. <laughs> and they look really freaking real. But in art, you don't even bother. I love that. You know, what came into my mind is that we innocently put up invisible false ceilings in that story, whether that's a performance as an athlete in whatever discipline that is or whether it is as an artist or it is in any other endeavor of life. They are innocent invisible and false there's exactly that you know what, what you were saying Matt is that we don't know we've got a, a guess but the guess is based upon the past and the past and the future aren't the same so we could you know potentially therefore let go of everything and then be in that flow state an awful lot more I'm speaking from experience I'm going back to something that you said as well, so the, the false attribution of thinking that flow came from the thing. It, it, it came from the, the activity. It came from what I ate yesterday. It came from how much sleep I had. And while those things might matter, but in the moment, they really don't. In the moment, they don't. But I could makeup that they do because it looks like they have more of a there's a correlation there but there's zero causation there and it doesn't look that way I just love to notice the freedom that what any one of us is capable of what I'm capable of what you're capable of Kate what you're capable of Matt and what you listening are capable of we have no idea And to me, I could see if I was a 
a future holic that that would help me be a recovering one to use your words Matt which I love that phrase a recovering future holic hey, it's a serious condition yeah he says laughing yeah <laughs> I, I laugh and yet it was yeah it was genuinely it's my own suffering thanks for sharing that I think that's big for people to hear you know well I have um I don't know this understanding or my previous clients or maybe my children to thank because it's the experience of seeing that there isn't anywhere to get to that actually I perform at my best from that and the the rest of the time before that I was, I was never here I was always I was always you know the next thing next year next goal or you know whatever it was and uh yeah I mean that's a surefire way to be a pretty crappy coach and a pretty crappy dad to some young kids I love how here can sometimes look like like setting athletic records and sometimes it looks like failed DIY projects. Some fail. <laughs> but it's all I don't know. Like it's life and it's perfect it's it's changed my it's changed my relationship with achieving hugely and I mean I think it's probably fair to say that I'm someone who's very driven you know, very ambitious. And yeah, I don't have any goals anymore. I mean, even as I was saying that, I was questioning, I'm like, am I still ambitious? Am I still driven? It's like, yeah, I do ridiculous things. I'm like, yeah, DIY projects. Um, but I guess, you know, coming back to what you said when it's any goal to me now is just it's putting a limit on it and even bigger than that it's like well maybe that's not what I'm meant to be doing or the direction life's going to go in I don't know Maybe I won't be a coach next year. I don't, I like, <laughs> it's part of me that the guy's like, I, I, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I hope so, but the more that I kind of pin down with 
goals and ideas, you know, that kind of future, you know, is, is, it's narrowing my vision. It's reducing the amount of space. It's reducing the amount of possibility for kind of anything. And I guess I'm just saying, well, actually, that's where I'm at my best. That's where I think we're all at our best. That's a very profound way to wrap up, I think, this episode, Matt. And always a pleasure to listen and talk with you. And while your contact details are going to be shared where people are watching this podcast or listening to it on the various platforms that people were listening. How would someone get in touch with you if they're not going to be looking at that right now? Uh, my website, psychologicalperformance.com, will be live quite soon, hopefully by the time this is out. And uh, otherwise, I'm on Instagram, psychological.performancecoach. Good name. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. You've been listening to Under the Noise. If you have any questions or would like for us to chat about any topic, reach out to us. Our details follow the podcast. Thanks again, Matt, for being here. Thanks, Wynn. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.